Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, we're here, folks. We are back yet again for another edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks out there are having yourselves a grand gay old time this weekend. I know you woke folk out there, down for the struggle. You are definitely having yourselves a Grand gay old time celebrating Woke Black History Month. And with it being February 27th, this is your last full weekend to celebrate that. And I did not bother to look up who gets March, those 31 days in March, gets their month in the limelight. You queens out there, and you know who you are. You still have to wait a couple of months, have to wait until June to celebrate Pride. But I'm sure once March rolls around, woke Starbucks, woke Apple, one of these woke companies wanting to virtue signal will send me an email letting me know whose turn is next. I did see, though, that uh, on March 8th, That is International Women's Day. So all you women out there, all you women with hoo-hoos, all you women with penises, happy International Women's Day to all of you. And if the idea of a woman with a penis, if that offends you, if that gives you the vapors, if that has you clutching your pearls, you are going to earn yourself a first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get your mind right. Speaking of the woke folk, though, down for the struggle. How is this from Red State? Breaking. Biden announces his Supreme Court pick, and Lindsey Graham is mad. And so I guess, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, he was trying to choose between two black women Kentanji Brown Jackson, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Michelle Childs, and Michelle, who is from my home state of South Carolina, and who had been suggested to Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer by Representative Jim Clyburn, she was not Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer's first pick. That was Kentanji. So Lindsey Graham almost as big a media whore as Chuck Schumer or AOC. He's in the top 10, easy, for media whores up there on Capitol Hill. But I guess Kentanji 
She is more down for the struggle, more woke than Michelle. So creepy Uncle Joe, the hair sniffer, he picked her. And white boy Malcolm X, I have to say, sir, I am starting to feel bad for Dr. Jill Biden. I am. I am starting to feel bad for Dr. Jill Biden. And the reason I'm starting to feel bad for Dr. Jill Biden is because I think creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, he's got himself a bit of a fetish with black women. Every time he gets to nominate someone to a really big position, the first thing creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, the first thing he does is run out and say, oh, oh, I'm going to nominate a black woman. He did it with his vice president, had to have a black woman, and what do we get? Giggles, Queen Kamala, who, as we all know, was an epic failure of a pick. Not only is she a feckless clown, but she's not even fully capital B black. She's half Jamaican and half Indian. But this one, Kentanji Brown Jackson, I guess she's 100% down for the struggle, capital B black. But back to Dr. Jill Biden. That poor woman, she's got to be thinking by now, what the what? Why does my husband, even if he is completely demented, why is it that every time he has a big post, he's got to rush out and immediately tell everyone it's going to be a black woman? That man can't decide what flavor pudding he wants to eat at night, what color socks he wants to wear the next morning. But every time a big pick comes up, he's got to go black. It does, to me, just a little, kind of appear like creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer has himself a little bit of a fetish, wanting to appoint a black woman every chance he gets to a big position. And that's why I feel kind of bad for Dr. Jill Biden. Her husband, even if he is a little senile, seems to want to eye up a particular kind of woman every chance he gets. I'm sure she's not the only one butthurt, though. All you Latina women out there, that's Latinx for you snooty white liberals out there. All you good hysterical leftist white women out there, all you other women out there, even those of you with a penis. And again, I'm sorry if that offends you. It's just, it is as it is in 2022. Women can have penises. But I'm sure at some point, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, he'll show all of you a little bit of love too. Just bring him some pudding. Let him sniff your hair, and you'll be good to go. And before we jump into things, I guess, since we've been doing this, I think about every podcast, and speaking of having a grand gay old time, white boy Malcolm X and I, we watched Finch on Apple Plus. That had Tom Hanks in it. He played a engineer or scientist who designed a robot 
in a post-apocalyptic world, which for the first time in Hollywood movie history did not involve mankind and climate change. I was ready for it, folks, fully prepared for them to blame the circumstances in that film on mankind wrecking the earth because we didn't listen to Greta Thunberg and all the other good eco-warriors out there. But it was a, a sun flare that wiped out the ozone layer and with that gone, created all sorts of havoc. But Tom Hanks's character, Finch, designed this robot because he was dying of radiation poisoning, something like that, and he built this robot to take care of his dog while he was gone. And that robot, folks, I guess at some point, it named itself Jeff, but that robot was, well, I'll just say, it was slap-happy stupid. Leave it at that. And we're watching this film, White Boy Malcolm X and I, and watching this robot learn to navigate the world around it, but being stupid pretty much all the way through the film. Again, slap-happy stupid, but about halfway through the film, which, by the way, folks, it's pretty good. I highly recommend it. You just kind of have to sit with it a bit. Don't let the robot piss you off too much, drive you crazy, so you shut off the film. But about halfway through, White Boy Malcolm X turns to me and asks, do you think that robot was modeled after Chet Hanks, who we talked about on last week's podcast, Chet, the gangster rapper, who was butthurt that he didn't have a strong male role model growing up, but that was White Boy Malcolm X's theory that the slap-happy stupid robot, Jeff, was modeled after Chet Hanks, who also, I suspect, is slap-happy stupid. I, of course, said, you may have something there, sir, but shut up so I can watch the rest of the film. It was also White Boy Malcolm X who told me that Chet Hanks, he apparently likes to put up pictures of himself showing off his body on Instagram. But I will, I'm going to have to take him at his word on that one. The last thing I want to do is look at Chet Hanks, gangster rapper Chet Hanks, half naked up there on Instagram. That has the, that could maybe possibly almost kind of turn me straight looking at Chet Hanks, his creepy version of Thirst Trap Picks. So let's go ahead and jump into things, folks. And I just got to warn you, with Russia invading the Ukraine, that's kind of taking the oxygen out of the room for any other kind of news stories. But we're going to do the best we can with what we've got. And so our first one, folks, is from the Daily Mail. Exclusive. Pete Buttigieg, that's pocket queen Pete, accepted $250,000 and gifts from mayoral campaign donors who were later awarded $33 million in city contracts 
raising concerns of pay-to-play as Transportation Secretary doles out $210 billion in infrastructure plan. So Pocket Queen Pete, he is the husband of Chastin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Indiana. He has, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, taken a lot of cash and gifts from companies that got city contracts in whatever dump of a city there in Indiana, Pocket Queen Pete used to be mayor of. According to the story, there were 23 companies in question, and those 23 companies, they were awarded a combined $33,310,426 in city contracts from the Board of Public Works, whose members Pocket Queen Pete appointed. And on two occasions, Pocket Queen Pete, he got those donations on the same day two companies were awarded contracts. Not that I'm shocked, folks, and not to defend Pocket Queen Pete here, but he is not the first by any stretch of the imagination, nor will he be the last politician to get a campaign contribution only to have those giving him money get themselves a hearty government contract in return. But can you imagine, white boy Malcolm X, and you folks out there, can you imagine what's going on at the Buttigieg house when Chastin Buttigieg, again, that low-ranked queen from Indiana, when he finds out that pocket queen Pete got himself a couple hundred thousand dollars in a allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, pay-to-play scheme. And I can see that. Chaston reading that in the paper, getting triggered, Pete got all that money. Peter, Peter. Yes, Chaston. What is this I'm reading in the Daily Mail about you getting $250,000, handing out $33 million in city contracts? That's nothing, Chaston. That's the way politics works. People make contributions, and then you hand them lots of taxpayer money and government contracts. Why are you doing air quotes around the word contributions? Well, they're contributions, but not contributions, if you know what I mean. Not really, Peter. You know I'm not that smart about math. It's called pay-to-play, Justin. They pay me a campaign contribution, and then they get to play with taxpayer money. Ugh, stop using those air quotes, Peter. They're confusing me. Are you having an affair? What? Me? No. Are you sure, Peter? Well, I think I would know if I was having an affair. Why would you ask me that, Chaston? I don't know, Peter. Maybe because you're out paying people to play with you. Chaston, that's not what I said. Well, that's what I heard. Well... That's not what I said. Oh, well, that's what I heard, Peter. I am here all day trying to raise our two babies by Rack and Oprah, and you're out hiring rent boys for pay to play. I'm not, Chaston. Are you sleeping with Colton Underwood? I know that new Gaby is looking for a new sugar daddy. I bet he do pay to play with you. I tell you what, I'm going to cut off his man meat. Coming up on in here and betting my man. 
Chastin, I am not sleeping with Colton Underwood. Then who are you sleeping with? It sure as hell isn't me. Am I not sexy to you anymore, Peter? Now that I've given birth to Barack and Oprah? Chastin, you did not give birth to Barack and Oprah. Oh, lies, Peter. Just lies coming out of your mouth. Well, Colton can have you. I was tired of pinching your nipples and calling you Mr. President anyway. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, there. We are going to stop that right here, right now. Man, folks, I am, yet again, I am really sorry that we had to overhear that. Every time we listen in on those Buttigieg girls, they are arguing like nobody else. Bad enough to hear that. But when they start talking their kinky sex stuff, again, I apologize that you had to hear that. And I knew, white boy Malcolm X, I knew that Justin Buttigieg, again, that low rank queen from Indiana, he was too stupid to figure out what pay to play meant. Now thinks his man, Pocket Queen Pete, is betting Colton Underwood. And since I don't want to think about that, picture that in any way, shape, or form, let's move on. And to show you how slim the news stories are these days, at least over this weekend, how is this from Well Plus Good? If you're going to pee in the shower, this is the proper way to do it, according to a pelvic PT. And I'm assuming PT, that's physical therapist. And I saw that headline, folks, and I'm thinking, what the what? They need a news article to tell you how to pee in the shower? And yes, apparently they do. But I'm reading the article, folks, and then about two or three paragraphs in, I realized this article, it's exclusively for women. Because I was thinking, when I saw that headline, If you've got to explain that to a man, good God, we're dumber than I thought. But no, it's for, well, now that I think about it, it could maybe possibly be for a man. But this article, folks, was written for people with hoo-hoos, not penises. So another excellent example of the current state of journalism, some blithering idiot over at Well Plus Good, seems to think women do not know how to pee in the shower, at least not correctly. So this journalist had to write an article, explain it all out. And this future Pulitzer Prize winning journalist out there who thought writing an article explaining to women how to correctly pee in the shower, her name is Kells McPhillips. And yes, folks, Kells McPhillips, a hysterical millennial Gen Z white chick. And I knew that, that she was a white hysterical millennial Gen Z chick. I knew that before I even looked it up. And why, folks, why did I know that Kells McPhillips was a hysterical white chick? Because learning to pee in the shower correctly That is what they call a white person's problem. BIPOC folk, 
Do you think any of them standing in the shower, going to the bathroom, you think any of them are going, hmm, I wonder if I'm doing this correctly? No. BIPOC folk, they got more common sense than to think about that. Peeing in the shower correctly, that's a first world white woman's problem. And only a first world white women's problem. Nobody else would think about it. Nobody else would ever think to write a news article about it. Only an hysterical millennial Gen Z white woman would think this was an important issue. Think this was something they should write about, publish online for other hysterical millennial Gen Z white women to read and learn from. But since we've talked about going to the bathroom in the shower a couple minutes more than I wanted to, let's move on. From the Institute of Family Studies, recent research debunks myth that economic factors are driving falling birth rates. And this one I found interesting, folks, because there has been a lot of discussion about why in the first world birth rates in a lot of these countries, are falling. The common perception out there is that it's economic factors like really expensive childcare costs, high student loan debt, but it basically came down to money or not having enough of it as the reason a lot of people these days are not having kids. But in a newly released paper in the Journal of Economic Perspectives, A couple of folks, Melissa Kearney, Philip Levine, Luke Pardue, they looked into this and found something a little different. And here's a quick quote. Perhaps the key explanation for the post-2007 sustained decline in U.S. birth rates is not about some changing policy or cost factor, but rather shifting priorities across cohorts of young adults. So in other words, folks, it's not the economy It's the culture. Not that this surprises me in the least. And we've talked about it, well, quite a few times on this podcast, about how self-absorbed, self-centered, a lot of these millennial Gen Z kids out there are. They all want to feel super special and unique, which is why you've got, what, 20% of Gen Z kids identifying as LGBTQ+, which is why a lot of them are all over social media putting their curated pictures of themselves up on woke Facebook, woke Twitter, Instagram, doing their Madonna syndrome, oh, look at me, look at me, I'm still relevant, videos up on TikTok, because to them, they are the center of the universe, everyone else, orbits them. And so, when you've got that kind of mindset, it's your world, everyone else just lives in it. Why the hell would you have a kid? Let that little crying, crapping monster suck all the oxygen out of the room, take center stage, take all that attention off of you. Oh, sure, it's fun being pregnant, at least for the attention, not the morning sickness. But as an expecting mother or expecting father, again, folks, it's 2022. 
Men can be pregnant. Everything revolves around you still. But once that little crumb cruncher comes, mom, meh, you're a second class citizen. That baby, that baby gets all the attention, all the doting, and he, she, they, again, folks, it's 2022. Babies can be non-binary. It's their world now, and you just live in it. So, of course, if you've got a couple of generations of spoiled brats who all think they're super special and unique, who all think they're the sun that all the planets, everyone else revolves around, naturally, those folks, they're not going to let some little crapping, crying monster take all the attention, take the spotlight off of them. Not going to happen. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com, quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. For these next couple of stories, it appears we've got, for you folks out there who like to read books, we've got a couple of books coming up about to be published. And the first one, this first story is from Bustle. Matthew Perry's memoir will address the tougher times with his friends' co-stars. The tell-all will reportedly explore the good and bad of the friends' reunion. And that reunion, if memory serves me correctly, that was on HBO Max, but we have not bothered to watch it. And I don't know if that makes me a bad Gen Xer or what, but, you know, I only watched that show, Friends, for like maybe two seasons. If memory serves me correctly, it was in that Thursday night lineup NBC had. It was Friends, something else, then Seinfeld, and I can't remember the other one after that. But there was a group of us back in Atlanta when I lived there the first time, we would all get together on Thursday, watch that block of comedies, hang out, drink beer, the usual stuff. I'm still doing it, kind of, sort of, at 52. But that's when I watch Friends. I just, I did not find that very funny. But Matthew Perry here, I guess he's run out of money or something. Maybe he's butthurt. His career didn't do anywhere near what Jennifer Aniston has done, what Courtney Cox has done, even Lisa Kudrow to some extent. And so now, to cash in on all that, burn some burn some bridges in the process, Matthew's going to write himself a kiss and tell. And just like I said about Chet Hanks on last week's podcast, nobody gives a crap about Matthew Perry. Not anymore, anyway. Oh, I'm sure it'll sell a couple of books. Like I always say, folks, high school never ends. And Matthew, trashing his co-stars, spilling up a little bit of gossip, trying to take out someone else and earn a few bucks in the process. But you'll get some folks in L.A. or New York, some star effers in flyover country to buy that book Make him a couple of bucks just so they can read some titillating story from the early 90s about how 
Jennifer Aniston or Courtney Cox or David Schwimmer, whoever, how they were back on set back in the day. So Matthew, you have fun burning those bridges for a few bucks. This next one is from The Hollywood Reporter. Britney Spears lands book deal set to release memoir. The pop stars reached an agreement for a tell-all with publisher Simon & Schuster. And Britney, not to make Matthew Perry jealous, but Britney is getting $15 million to write that book or pretend to write that book. I'm sure someone else will write it for but she's getting $15 million for, well, basically trashing her family, trashing her parents. I'm going to go out on a limb, assume the book is about that. When it comes to Britney Spears, these days anyway, what do people talk about? Her music? No. They talk about that guardianship, her rotten parents, her dysfunctional family. Simon and Schuster, they're not paying $15 million to hear her how much she likes singing Baby One More Time or Oops, I Did It Again. No, they want to hear about how how mom and dad were mean to her, stole her money, abused her, what have you. So again, Brittany, I hope it's worth it. Trashing your parents in public, trashing grandma and grandpa, to your kids. But I guess that $15 million, that can pay for a lot of therapy for those boys because mom is still acting like a bit of a nut. From Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, Elliot Page memoir will see trans star get candid about love, sex, and cesspool of Hollywood. Elliot Page is opening up like never before with an upcoming memoir which will see him get candid about mental health, love, relationships, and sex. And if you buy this book, looking to read about Elliot Page's sex life, you are screwed in the head. Severely screwed in the head. But Elliot's book, for those of you that want to know, it's coming out in 2023, next year, and is called Page boy. So we've got Matthew Perry trashing his co-stars from Friends, throwing them under the bus to earn a couple of bucks. We've got Britney Spears trashing her parents, trashing her family for about $15 million. And now we've got Elliot Page talking about his sex life and the cesspool of Hollywood. In other words, His career, that's about dead. So let's go ahead and try to burn the place down. Like trashing Hollywood, trashing the entertainment industry, like that hasn't been done six ways to Sunday. But Elliot, I guess, he's got his own take on it as well. And I guess, white boy Malcolm X, I guess Elliot must have some form of FU money in the bank got enough socked away that he doesn't have to worry about trashing Hollywood and not getting any more gigs depending on who he goes after. Not that I think, and I know this is going to trigger some of you trans activists out there, 
But once he came out as trans, he basically kissed his career goodbye anyway. And I only say that because the reality is there just aren't a lot of trans parts out there, transgender-centered movies out there to make it for most of them, for most of the trans actors out there, to make it into a viable career. Oh, sure, TV shows these days, movies, they'll have a token trans in there. You folks in the trans community, you're going to be like the queens were 15, 20 years ago. Back then, a lot of movies, they like to have the, the gay best friend, the sassy queen in the film for comedic value. But that's kind of passe these days. So I can see the trans folks out there getting their token roles from time to time. But, you know, you're not going to see a major motion picture, these high eight or nine figure films with Elliot Page as the star. I know that gets people butthurt, but that's the reality, whether you like it or not. So Elliot, good luck with the book your memoir, at 34 years old. Another millennial out there. Oh, I've hit my mid-30s. It's time for a memoir to talk about my life. Okay, then. I'm sure it'll sell maybe about 20, 30 copies. But Elliot, you have fun with that. From Town Hall, Elon Musk blasts Elizabeth Warren for her brazen tax lies. So I guess Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, our senator up here in Massachusetts, she's been running around telling everyone that Elon Musk, he doesn't pay taxes. But apparently, Elon, in 2021, he will be paying the single largest tax bill of any individual in history, over $11 billion. And on top of that, in November of last year, Elon Musk donated just over 5 million shares of Tesla stock worth, worth about $5.74 billion, gave that away to an unnamed charity. And this kind of reminds me, and this was back in 2012, when Mitt Romney was running against Barack Obama Harry Reid, back then the senator from Nevada, he came out and told people, and I'm paraphrasing here, folks, he said something like, a friend told him or a friend had heard that Mitt Romney hadn't paid any taxes in quite a few years, which, of course, the handmaidens in the media ran with gleefully the lie getting halfway around the world before truth got out of the gate. Romney, of course, denied it, but the damage was done, and Romney, he obviously, he lost to Barack. But someone, after the election, after Romney lost, went up and asked Harry Reid about that lie, because it eventually came out that Romney did pay taxes. And Harry Reid, he said, it worked, didn't it? So Harry lied, Harry knew he lied, but the lie worked to smear Mitt Romney 
as an out-of-touch elitist. So to Harry, the ends justified the means. Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, that woman is a liar and a complete fraud. Oh, I know she likes to go around, show how down for the struggle she is, going after millionaires and billionaires, trashing rich folks for not paying their fair share, lying about Elon Musk, not paying taxes. That's like Harry Reid lying about Mitt Romney. The ends justify the means, at least to a liar and a fraud like Elizabeth Warren. Oh, she's out there. They need to pay more taxes. They need to have a wealth tax on people who have over $50 million in assets. Elizabeth Pocahontas, she is also a multimillionaire, but she doesn't have anywhere near $50 million. I think, last I saw, and don't quote me on this, folks, she's worth about 10 or $12 million. If being a multimillionaire was such a vile thing, you would think she'd give away all her money. But she doesn't. She just likes to go after people, other multimillionaires and billionaires who have more than her. And that's what I think, personally, this is about. Elizabeth, she's just butthurt. She doesn't have as much money as Elon Musk, other rich folks out there. And so under the guise of being a champion for the little people, out to get the multimillionaires and the billionaires. She's just doing it to tear down everyone who did better than her. The politics of envy. That's all that is. She's going after Elon because, say what you want about him, he's been very successful in a lot of different areas and that drives some people insane. People like Elizabeth Warren who spent years sucking off a Harvard, jerking off over there in the faculty lounge with all the other douchebags on Harvard's campus. Now she's sucking at the teeth of the federal government, playing senator, writing her stupid books, running for president every couple of years, getting rich like all the other swamp creatures do, but not as rich as others. And so... She's going to try to kneecap them every chance she gets. So Elizabeth, Pocahontas, I hope it makes you feel better about yourself, dear. Lying about Elon Musk, trashing rich people just because you want to take them out because, because they have done better than you. From LGBTQ Nation, those girls over at LGBTQ Nation, Colton Underwood, that new gaby, Colton Underwood, has a new reality show gig in the dangerous jungles of Panama. And I can only imagine White Boy Malcolm X, especially having seen, well, just a little bit of coming out Colton, that dumpster fire of a show. But I can only imagine what kind of train wreck this is going to be Colton Underwood, in a reality show, one that they have dubbed Celebrity Survivor. Like that princess, that high-maintenance queen, like she'd last 
two hours in the jungles of Panama. Be like, oh, my nails, they're so dirty. And I don't watch reality shows. Well, I have watched one reality show. But the only reason I did that, folks, was because I knew one of the couples in it. And I wanted to watch her emasculate him on national television. The show was called House Husbands of Hollywood. And it was on, I think it was on 2009, 2010. But it was a couple I knew when I lived out in L.A. He was okay, but she, man, that woman could put on airs like nobody's business. He was an actor, and that's how I knew him. He was on a project that we did back in the day. But I remember we did some sort of cast and crew party at our house. She came in like a total snit, acted like she owned the place, barely acknowledged my presence, and I was the host. So I, well, I I guess back in the day, DVR'd it. And I would just watch their scenes, fast forward through all the other ones. But I would just watch them, watch her treat him like an idiot, acting like a complete nightmare in the process. And she, after watching her in person, watching her on that show, she is one of the reasons I thank God every day that I'm gay. Because I could not deal with that, folks, at all. She used to leave him a list of things to do every morning. And he had to check in with her, tell her how he was doing with the list. He was more like a, like a servant, an errand boy, than her husband. But anyway, that's the one show I watched. A little bit of schadenfreude in there. Watching her emasculate him. Watch her, watch her come off as the biggest bitch in the U.S. But having already seen Colton Underwood in that stupid show on Netflix, this is not one, White Boy Malcolm X, I plan on watching. And no, sir, not just because Goose Kentworthy is not going to be on that show. And did you ever figure out, sir, how he did, well, just over a week ago, a week ago yesterday on his uh on his on his races no gold nothing he got nothing he fell holy crap is goose okay he is good what no no i'm not going to make fun of him about that about him falling about not winning any medals Now, I give that kid a lot of grief. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to laugh at him about that for for his performance in the Olympics. Now, him being butthurt about what happened in 2014, joining the UK ski team in 2022 over something that happened eight years prior, yeah, I will totally make fun of him for that. But him... Falling, not getting a gold, not getting a whatever. Nah, that would be a low blow. But this um, this celebrity survivor thing, this show, 
It's on CBS, and it's called Beyond the Edge. That starts on March 16th. And apparently, they are not, this is not a competition, so they can take home, I don't know what they take home on Survivor, money or what have you, but they're competing for, to raise money, to raise funds for the charity of their choice. Colton Underwood, typical queen, he chose as his charity the Colton Underwood Legacy Foundation. So if he wins, he's taking home that money anyway. This Colton Underwood Legacy Foundation reminds me of the Clinton Foundation, a uh, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, slush fund for the Clintons. And I can see Colton using his Legacy Foundation to do, maybe possibly, do something, do the same thing. And Colton, sister, girlfriend, your legacy at this point, it ain't looking too good. And our last story, folks, is from Axios. Those hysterical leftist twats over at Axios. Apple gives Siri a less gendered voice. So apparently, folks, Apple, in their new iOS 15.4, and I think my phone, that's on 15.3.1, something like that. But in iOS 15.4, they are coming out with a new voice that is less explicitly male or female sounding. And this is what Apple in a statement to Axios, those hysterical leftist twats over at Axios, this is what they had to say. We're excited to introduce a new Siri voice for English speakers, giving users more options to choose a voice that speaks to them. Millions of people around the world rely on Siri every day to help get things done, so we work to make the experience feel as personalized as possible. So Siri just like everything else these days. Siri has to be changed so everyone feels super special and unique and can hear themselves in Siri's voice. And did you know, White Boy Malcolm X, and you folks out there, that Siri added two options recorded by black voice actors. So Siri, she's got a BIPOC voice. And I don't know how the hell I missed that, folks. Where's my phone? Here's my phone. Okay, hold on a second, folks. Sorry. I'm going to do this on the fly. Where is this? Hold on. Settings. Scroll down to Siri and search. There we go. Siri voice. Mine is set on American Voice 4. And that sounds like this. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. And I hope that sounded okay. What's voice 1? Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Does that sound black to you, white boy Malcolm X? Here it is again. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. No, how about this one? Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Now that sounds like a BIPOC chick. So voice two is a BIPOC chick. What about voice three? Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. That must be the BIPOC guy. So two and three, folks, just in case you're wondering, 
Those are your new black voice actors doing Siri. And just for you, white boy Malcolm X, they have an Irish voice in there as well. Could be Ginger, sir. Let's hear that voice. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Yeah, that sounds ginger to me. I'm sure the BIPOC folk out there, down for the struggle, feel better about themselves knowing that woke Apple has them a BIPOC voice built in for Siri. But with this new one, this this new voice that Apple's about to release in iOS 15.4, I can only imagine what they or Zier, folks, you know this new Siri voice is going to have super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns, but I can only imagine what they or Zier are going to sound like. Maybe Pat, maybe like Pat, White Boy Malcolm X, from the old SNL skits back in the early 90s. And if you folks don't know what I'm talking about, well, it might be too triggering to you millennial Gen Z kids out there. But if you want to get hysterical, get yourself all riled up, you can just Google Pat SNL. Have yourself a grand gay old time watching Pat from, well, in my opinion, the heyday of SNL. But if you do that, you've been warned. So we're definitely white boy Malcolm X. We have got to keep an eye out for Pat, that's what we'll call it, for Pat the Siri voice. We'll have to compare that to white Siri and black Siri. But you uh you non-binary folk out there, I hope that I hope that Pat Siri there, that new voice coming out from Apple, I hope that makes you feel better about yourself. So on that note, since I cannot top these virtue signaling idiots over at Apple with their super special pain in the ass non-binary Siri voice, even if it is more symbolism over substance. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this weekend edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, Take care.